Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Praise God. All right, let's praise get into the Word. Father, we thank you. We, we, we just bless your holy name for the opportunity to fellowship with your word and your people. Thank you, God, because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and the word bears forth truth. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. We've been on this series on destiny fulfillment. Destiny fulfillment. And we're looking at simple but very powerful things that can help us fulfill our destiny. Every one of you seated here today, you have a destiny from God. There is a purpose that why God brought you. There's a reason that God created you. None of us is without a destiny from God. But not everybody sadly fulfills that destiny because of several reasons. And some people have multiple reasons why their destinies are not fulfilled. But the truth of the matter is there is a purpose or there is a reason why God created every one of us. And one of the lies of the devil that he always sells to people is the fact that, you know, that person's destiny is better than yours or that this one's destiny is brighter than, than yours. And then you also have some preachers who don't encourage. Uh, they're not preaching the gospel. They're really rather preaching what they know. And they say, well, your destiny was stolen. Your destiny was replaced. Your destiny was covered. Uh, your destiny was exchanged. Have you heard that? That you know you have a bright destiny and your brother had a stupid destiny. And like Jacob and Esau, they just exchanged it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, the devil saw your star and rose up to quench your star. But when they saw the star of Jesus, they gave him gold. They saw your own star, they are trying to quench it. And your star is not as bright as the star of Jesus. But when they saw Jesus' star, <laughs> they brought gold and silver to him. Let me tell you this. Listen very carefully. Nobody can exchange your destiny. Because nobody was called to live your life. So if anybody exchanges your destiny, it's also useless to them. Because everybody has their God-given purpose. Imagine if you exchange your destiny with mine now. Will you be happy preaching? Are you following what I'm saying? Too much of African magic is not good for you. And I'm serious about that. I'm serious about that. I mean, God has helped us to be able to have... I'm not sure. I mean, and I said it with... with, utmost humility in my heart. I'm not sure in my house we have ever, ever watched a Nigerian film from beginning to the end. That's ever. That's the ones we watch, we stumbled at, and it must be myself and my wife. And midway, it didn't make sense. And we had to move on. And I'm going to talk about it tonight because you cannot fulfill your destiny if you keep putting into your heart information that is contrary to your purpose. Are you following what I'm saying? So listen very carefully. I want to start with that. Nobody can exchange your destiny. If you don't fulfill your destiny, it is your fault. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on. I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So that's very clear. He said, oh, what about some of the confessions I have heard? That's your problem. Read the word, not listen to confessions. Let me tell you this. The Bible says very clearly that Satan is the master of lies, is the father of lies. The Hebrew word for father is Abba. It means source. It means that lies originate from Satan. So nothing you hear from Satan will ever be true. Listen to God's word. God's word is the truth that does what? That sets free. When the children of Jacob, why am I on this? But I pray it's going to help somebody. When the children of Jacob, which is the children of Israel, Jacob was about to die. You know what he said? He said, let me tell you what will befall you in the days to come. He called Reuben and spoke into his life. He called Judah and spoke into his life. He called Levi and spoke into his life. Do you realize that none of them had the same prophecy? Every one of them, including the, the, the 12 tribe, every one of them had a unique what? Prophecy. So I, I want you to understand, number one, that as you are seated here, there is a unique purpose for your life. And for some of us, the devil is not our problem. In fact, he's been long gone from us. He just dropped an idea, a theology, a philosophy. I mean, we have one of our brothers here. We don't, well, not that there's anything wrong with testimonies, but uh, just that we don't take testimonies every Sunday. We had one of our brothers here, and um, he, uh, they told him, I mean, he's got generational curses in his family. They needed to go and do deliverance and everything. And then he came to me in the office and said, what do you think? Well, they went to the man. The man was not around. He traveled. So uh, the plan was to wait for the man to come. What that means is that you, you had the courses. You had to, you know, it's like, you know, you, you want to go and buy food. And then they now say the person is not around. So you stay hungry till the person comes. So he goes to this church and he says, you know, pastor travels so you can keep your demons. Uh, when he's back, they'll come set you free. So he came, he sat in the office. So he told me, and I said, well, number one, you don't have a generational curse. All right? Uh, there are behavioral traits of failure that are in your family that we just need to identify. But after that, I just told him, well, go listen to the word. Listen to a series on no generational curses and everything. Two weeks later, gets an IT job done for the whole of one year. Came to the office the other day, and I was just saying, thank you so much. Thank you so much. There was no prayer. Nothing is wrong with prayer. You know I pray. There was no prayer said. Just a man of God looking at him and saying, what you have heard up until now is a lie. This is the truth. Just show up in church. And after one week, some of you are not having miracles because you have wrong beliefs. Is that okay? So that section is a word of knowledge to help someone. Galatians chapter 5, verse 23. We're going to self-control and destiny fulfillment. Self-control. Everybody say self-control. Self you know, what do you think self-control means? Ability to control yourself. It's very easy. There's no Greek word to it. <laughs> self-control means the ability to do what? To control yourself. And do you know that it is one of the fruits of the Spirit? Self-control, the ability to control yourself. Now, if it is a fruit of the Spirit and if it is recommended for us, it means that many people cannot control themselves. 
Are you following this? It means many people can't control themselves. You, you would think that every normal adult would be able to control themselves, but that's not the truth. Self-control. No man can fulfill destiny without self-control. You know, when the scripture tells us about self-control, it means that your body needs to be controlled. And the word control means to put it under. If you don't control yourself, you will do things in life you thought you'll never do. Let's talk about the fruit of the spirit. Gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. In the King James Version, it uses the Greek word temperance. Temperance, that's what it uses. The Greek word temperance is used. If you read the King James Version, you will see the word temperance. But in other translations, it uses the word self-control. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6. To knowledge, self-control. He was talking about the things to add. He says, add to knowledge, self-control. You are very knowledgeable. You know a lot of things, but add self-control to it. Now, if I say to knowledge, add self-control, it means that a man can have knowledge and no self-control. Are you still here or you're going home? You're here. Right. And if I say add to it, it means do it as an act of your will. Self-control. Self-control. You can't fulfill destiny if you don't have self-control. I'm going to look at very simple areas where we need to have self-control. But I want to show you from scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25. I like this. Let's go to Proverbs 25, 28 first. Proverbs 25, 28. He that has no rule, Proverbs 25. <laughs> Let me tell you this, right? If you would follow God's word, if you would follow God's word, can you give me the message translation? If you would follow God's word and follow the instructions of God, you'll be a successful person. Look at it. It says, a person without self-control. A person without self-control. Give me verse 29. What are you doing? Okay, 25, 28. That's the last. Let's use the New King James. He that had no rule. So if you go to the message translation, you will see the word, a person without self-control. So that, that word used in the King James Version, whoever has no rule there, that word, no rule, actually is also the word what? self-control. That's what the message uses. Whoever has no rule or whoever has no self-control over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. And if the city is broken down without walls, it means that anything can come into that city. So what this scripture is saying is that self-control is a wall of preservation. That a man who has self-control, who has control over his own spirit, who has control over his own body, is a man who has walls around him. It is preservative. It, it preserves you. It saves you. Self-control. There are many Christians without self-control. 
That's why you find pastors sleeping with members. No self-control. To your knowledge, add self-control. You are very intelligent. You know Greek, you know Hebrew, you know Aramaic, you know Yoruba. Add self-control. <laughs> well, maybe I'll, I'll add Ibu. He says, to all this, your knowledge, add self-control. You know economics, you, you know macroeconomics, you know microeconomics, you know investment, you know forex, you know cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, you know how the economy is going to collapse, you know the Great Depression of America in 1963, you know how America came, add self-control. Add self-control. There are many knowledgeable people without self-control, many talented people without self-control, that's why their talent never gets them anywhere. Without self-control, your potentials are useless. You'll never maximize life. You'll never get to the peak of your destiny without self-control. Praise the name of the Lord. Say loud, amen. amen. Okay. First Corinthians 9.25, just so I'll be sure you're here. First Corinthians 9.25. I like the amplified version. It says, well, the King James says, And every man that striveth for the mastery, 1 Corinthians 9.25 is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible one. What is he trying to say? He says a man who competes for the prize is temperate. The word temperate has self-control in how many things? I didn't hear you. How many things? That word is very important to me. How many things? So you cannot have self-control in one area and lack self-control in another area. The area where you lack self-control will destroy your life. So you cannot say, well, I have self-control over this, but yeah, in this area, I don't have self-control. No, 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 no. That area that you don't have self-control is the area in your city wall that is broken down and through there, thieves and robbers will come and it will destroy you. Do you realize that it doesn't take many things to destroy a man? You realize that? Take just one thing. You realize it doesn't take many sickness to kill people like, ah, why did this guy die? Well, man, the guy had like 600 sicknesses. No. It's just one sickness. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? You see, destruction, one thing destroys you. I mean, you've got a beautiful lady who should be married, but talks very roughly. And it's just that one thing. And you know, we've developed a society that pushes people emotionally to overlook our fault. In that sense. And then when people point that to you, you say, oh, they are judging you. That's my area of weakness. Then deal with it. We all have areas where we need to develop self-control. So this message is for everybody. Okay? So let's go on. I want to read the Amplified Version. Now, every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. That is what I like. He says he exercises self-control in all things. Look at this. They do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown. He said, these people are just running for perishable medals. They are just running for, 
you know, things of this world. But we are talking about destiny. Something that is imperishable. Something that God is trusting us with. He says they exercise themselves. They discipline themselves in all things, in all areas. The word I want you to pick in tonight's service is discipline in all things. Because we all can be boastful in the area where we are disciplined. I remember one footballer, I can't remember his name now, but he used to play for Manchester United. And uh, I think after they went for one break, he came back, he was overweight, tried to lose weight, he didn't, couldn't lose weight on time. The club had to fine him for adding weight. Why? Because he's a footballer. And how many of you have seen footballers who uh, stop playing football for a number of years and then they, they have to go for maybe a FIFA show or something and they show up and they are all like bloated and you're like wow is this this footballer yes the man is no longer having self-control in all things why because he stopped playing so you know what that tells me about life self-control is consistent you can't have self-control last year and being disciplined this year it will destroy everything you've built that is why you realize that some people rise to the pinnacle of their career and just one thing brings them down. Look at this. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Bible in basic English version. If a man takes part in a competition, he does not get the crown if he has not kept the rules. The word to be temperate in all things is rendered temperate in the Greek. It means... It denotes abstinence from all that would excite, stimulate, and ultimately make you feeble. Licentious indulgences, luxurious living. It relates not only to indulgences that are unlawful, but to abstain from many things that were regarded as lawful, but which were believed to render the body weak. So it was picked from like the, the Greco-Roman society, Greece and Rome, and we're talking about these Olympic athletes, that if they were to go and run, they had to do what? They had to watch everything. They watch their weight, they watch their exercise, they watch their sleep, so they can compete. You know, it's like if you follow sports a lot, you see the people, their food, there's a certain kind of food they should eat. There's a certain kind of way they should run. There's, you know, just basic stuff. But they have to do it in all things. So they can be able to fulfill purpose. You see, the challenge sometimes we have is we're not conscious of purpose. It's just about what we can eat, what we can drink, what we can wear, and that's all. But that's not all about life. You must consider the big picture. What's the big picture? God's purpose for your life. So Paul says, I beat my body. I bring it under subjection. He refers to his body as a, uh, he refers to his body with the analogy of a boxer. He says, I bring my body under subjection, meaning I have dominion over my body. Today in our world, you hear all kinds of stories and you're almost ashamed to even repeat them. People without self-control. Praise the name of the Lord. Self-control. Everybody say self-control. They use the most rigorous self-denial in food, sleep, and other sensual indulgences to be able to train their body to be fit to win the race. I don't have anything against uh, many things people sell. 
You know, but sometimes when you observe, I mean, they say, oh, if you take this tea, you're going to be slim. If you take this. Sometimes I ask myself, I, I don't know, I'm not a doctor. But I ask myself, so I'm, I'm this big, and I take this tea, and I'm going to get this less. So I ask myself, what exactly does the tea do? Is it going to cut my flesh? Is it going to reduce my fat? Is it going to, what exactly really do? Because now people want to drink tea or something or take something in two days and get rid of the fat they acquired over one year. And the funny thing about human beings is they want to drink that tea and still maintain their eating habit. Have you watched that? (laughs) Why did that come to my mind? (laughs) Have you watched that like funny guy in the gym that was going through the treadmill I was eating burger, I was listening to the song, and off he came myself. Have you listened to that guy? That's our life. We just want to have the motion. Right? You know, I like all those funny stuff a lot. I usually send them to a couple of my friends. There was one I saw, the, uh, the doctor advised the guy to go and spend one hour in the gym. He said, spend one hour in the treadmill every day. So the guy just took his pillow, went on the treadmill, put it there and slept, set his alarm for one hour. And after one hour, he will get up. So he has spent one hour on the treadmill. How I many of I mean, you know that? Well, <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. You know, you, do you have people in your life who want the harvest without putting in the seed? People want a good life. They don't want the discipline. People want successful life. They don't want to pay the price. We are a generation that want everything, but we don't want to put anything in. We want a good nation, but we don't want to pay the price. How do you know we don't want to pay the price? Go to the banking hall, tell everybody to queue, then the problem starts. Why are we queuing? Why are we? <laughs> I don't know, but some of you who have traveled out of the country you can testify, right? Like if you see Nigerians in other countries. When I mean other countries, I'm not even referring to. Uh, Europe or the US. Let's say a plane that even comes from Kigali, Rwanda. You know, those guys, they have military people all over the street. The place is discipline. You see discipline. <laughs> I mean, even at the airport, they have guns just like they won't tell you to queue up. Nobody will nobody will tell you. You will even be asking if there's no queue, you even start the queue on your own. They say move forward. Say no, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm on you know, and everybody is orderly. And then immediately they hit, you just Here we are in Lagos, before the plane stops. I mean, I've been on the flight where pilots, they are literally screaming, can you please sit down? Can you, how many of you have been? Can you please sit down? People are removing, speaking, you know. So you just tell yourself that these people have the capacity to be lawful. They chose to be lawless. Are you following what I'm saying? So a man cannot have an orderly life if he chooses disorderliness. You cannot have the product of a self-controlled life if you choose not to control yourself. And the truth of the matter is that it is called self-control. So you are the only one that can control yourself. That's why you can advise people and they never change. Because they have to make the choice that I choose to change. Once the motivation is internal, the change will be drastic. Have you tried to encourage your wife or your husband to lose weight? I'm using weight a lot because that's what we all relate to. Right? Your husband, ah, we're going to lose weight. Hey, this family, ah, there's no more fat person. Ah, we're going to lose weight. And then the first day, ah, jogging, 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 jogging. 
Now, the point, you now be asking yourself, you know, it's good to give mutual support to your husband or your wife. But, you know, when you're jogging, you now ask yourself that in, in this jogging exercise now, who, who really needs to lose weight? <laughs> like, if it is you, I'm not sure. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because ultimately, there's no internal motivation. Are you following what I'm saying? E.W. Kenyon says there's an alarm clock in your soul. And if you put it on, you might not even need an external alarm clock. Have you seen people who put on an alarm clock? I'm going to pray by 4.30. Ah, after this message. 4.30, the alarm clock rings, and then they stretch their hand. Then off it. And you know those alarm clocks that they have programmed? 10 minutes later, they ring. They put it under the pillow. And 10 minutes later, you just carry it and throw it under the bed. <laughs> if the motivation comes from your inside, one alarm going off, you will respond. We need to have what? Internal motivation. What are the areas to exercise self-control? Number one, your body. Your body. You cannot be led by your feelings. Um, David said to himself, what did David say to himself? He says, my soul, why are you disquieted? Why are you disquieted? He spoke to himself. He spoke to himself. You know, for some of us, you just find out any little thing, you are sad. Ah, what is the problem? It's not easy. It's not easy. You see, we all have problems. Don't think those who are smiling don't have problems. You know, sometimes because people smile, you just think they don't have problems. Or you just think because people are big, they are not losing weight. You think they are doing problems. Some of them is the thinking that is increasing their size. <laughs> they have thought so much that you're just growing fat. And like, ah, things are working well for you. You say, yes, working in my head. So don't, don't go about allowing your body to dictate your feelings. The first thing when anything bad happens and it comes to my table, I tell myself there is a way we will have the victory. Are you following what I'm saying? Your body, control your body, control your emotions. Let's take one emotion for example, I won't be able to go through it, but let's take one emotion for example, the emotion of anger. Ephesians 4.26, be ye angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. Ephesians 4.26, it means that when you are angry and you know the sun is going down, choose to forgive. Control yourself to forgive. We all have been hurt by people. People have done things in our life that they shouldn't do to us. But we do not let the sun go down on our wrath. One day I, I read in Ecclesiastes, it says, anger rests in the bosom of a fool. And I told myself I won't be a fool. So anger is not going to rest in my bosom. I won't allow it to settle. Don't allow anger to settle in your bones. Don't allow it to settle in your bosom. Don't nurture it. Don't tend it. Don't grow it. Don't allow the root of bitterness to grow. Some of us have angers before the civil war. We're still carrying it. You know, sometimes people react to stuff and you say, is this what you're reacting to? Or you're reacting to something bigger than this? Because of nurtured anger. We pet it. We domesticate it. It's like our dog. We feed it. It grows and it becomes a monster. Control yourself against anger. The, the, the opportunities to be angry will come, but choose not to take it. Self-control. The boss will say things. Sometimes your husband will say things. Sometimes people will say, you know, you can always take things the way you want to take it. 
You're driving past. A car horns. Ah, is it because I'm trekking? Is it because I'm trekking? Oh my God, why is my life like this? If my grandfather and then you just go for a horn? Why, why are you like this? And then that, we are going to carry that for two days. Then you come to church. And maybe, oh, a brother was driving in. And then, oh, he just said, oh, can you move, let me pass. Say, ah, even in the house of God. Even where everybody's supposed to be equal, they're using cars to drive people. You know, and then you just make case out of nothing. Some of you would have done well if you read law. Nothing, there's nothing there. And you're just angry. And even if there's something there, you can choose not to be angry. Praise the name of the Lord. Self-control. Self-control. The next thing is in the area of sex. The lines are becoming gray, but it is very simple. If you have sex before you are married, it is called fornication. There's no Greek word for it. It's fornication and it's sin. If you have sex when you are married with someone else, it is adultery. Clear lines. And God is big on these things. God is big on these things. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18 to 20. And 1 Corinthians 10, 8. God speaks against these things. Very clearly. And we need to become loud on these things because it's almost becoming normal. We're just, we're, we're taking it like it's not a big deal. It's my area of weakness. No, it's sin. And the wages of sin is death. Would you see people who you like, who will tempt you? Yes, you will control yourself. You have an example of Joseph and you have an example of Samson. Same situation, different uh, response to it. Control yourself. Control yourself. You know, people say, oh, well, it's the way people are dressing now. It's the way people are just dressing. It's the way people are dressing. If they have chosen to dress like that, choose also to control yourself. You can't buy cloth for everybody in the street. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? These are real. These are conversations we should have. Self-control. So people do not fall because the temptation is high. People fall because they don't have self-control. There's no temptation you have that is not common to men. So you don't have an excuse. Self-control. You must learn to control yourself. Put your body under subjection. Control your eyes. Control your eyes. Tell your neighbor, control your eyes. It's very important. Job 31 verse 1. Job 31 verse We're looking at very simple things. You know when you say self-control, you think it's one big, yeah, simple things. Control your eyes. There are things you should not look at twice. Don't try to look at, did I see properly? Don't bother to see properly. Just, just say, no, I didn't see. And walk away. How, you know, the, <laughs> the massive sin that David committed um, that made God not, you know, one of David's greatest desires, you know, let me, you know, I've, I've, I've explained this to you in this church, and I pray you get it. You know, the way we feel God judges sin, right? Or right up, you know, people feel, oh, God doesn't judge sin, all the things we're judged in Jesus Christ. I don't know what they're teaching. Does God judge sin today? Yes, he does. But you know what? He doesn't judge it like he judged in the Old Testament. God is not about going, killing people, giving people sickness because of sin. But do you know something? Do you know David's greatest heart desire in this life was to build God a temple? That was his greatest heart desire. 
But do you know what God did? God didn't allow him to do it. God says there's blood in your hands. I mean, he wasn't referring to the blood of Goliath. He wasn't referring to the blood of... Do you know David killed many people in his lifetime as a king? The one person he killed that God reckoned to him was Raya. Raya's... Uh, and so his greatest desire for God could not be fulfilled. That was God's judgment on him. And what did this start with? Kings were going to battle. Oga said, he's not going. No problem. You are the king. Then the man said he was trolling. Like some of us. Whenever I, whenever in one place, you know, some of you I see you all the time in town. When I'm driving, you, you, even me that have a car, you go faster than me. I get. My church members perform miracles. You see them in Wimbrose Junction. By the time you turn, they are like, "How do you guys do it?" Just incredible trekkers. And you want God to give you a car? You trek so well, and God is like, "We need to keep this guy trekking to show the world that they have potentials for trekking." And then, and then the guy was just walking and strolling, and you know when you are idle. That's when you sin. You know, idleness breeds sin, right? Yeah, because if you are busy, you're engaged, you're doing stuff. And then he saw Bathsheba bathing. Not a problem. The woman was not bathing in your bathroom. I was not there. I don't know how she was bathing. What do you do? You walk away. Number one, it's not your wife. You're not the one who fetched water for her to bathe. They didn't say you should inspect bathing women. Like, it's not part of your kingly roles. Like, you know, I'm the king. I just check how women bait. I just say, okay, you're baiting according to the constitution. No, you're not. No, they didn't tell you that. And then he looked again. And then he said, what? Call her for me. Do you understand that? So you see that no temptation is spontaneous. You know, that's why sometimes you, you catch young people committing fornication. Yeah, he says, it's the devil, it's the devil. The devil didn't ask the girl to come to your house. The devil didn't send her the address. The devil did not put off the light. The devil did not put on the music. The devil did not close the door. The devil did not remove your belt. It was a collaboration, it's a partnership. You are a co-laborer with the devil. Will the thoughts come on your head? Yes, self-control tells yourself no. You get into the word, you read the word, you speak the word. We will all have these temptations. We can't run away from it. Are you following what I'm saying? Your eyes. I have made a covenant with my eyes. I have made a covenant with whose eyes? Whose eyes? Personal responsibility. Your eye is your own responsibility. What you choose to look at is your problem. Addiction to pornography does not start. Nobody was born with addiction. Like, ah, I just, they just gave birth to me. No, no, no. It starts with one look, a second look. And, and then before you know, you can't control yourself anymore. So once you stumble on something that is inappropriate, you know, it's, 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 it's fascinating that we control the images our children should watch, but we don't control the images we should watch. And you know the self-deception, I'm an adult, I can handle it. You can't handle sin, that's why Jesus came. If you can handle sin, he will not have died for you. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't tempt yourself. I've made a covenant with my eyes. So you covenant with your eyes. There are things you shouldn't watch. Why then should I look upon a young maid? So that covenant determines what you should look at and what you should not look at. <laughs> you know, um, funny, well, this is, 
um, there's this thing they show on TV like a few minutes before the crash. I think I've told you guys before. Anything on plane crash, I don't read it. Any news, once you just say something plane crash, I just move. I don't try to get the details. You know why? I spend most of my time flying. And I know the way my mind works. If I get on that plane, I'm going to remember all the news, every noise. Have you been in the plane like you? You know, you know like, like if you're driving and you hear a noise, you're like, ah, I'm hearing one noise. You know, have you been, been on the plane sometimes, you hear a noise, and you feel like going to the pilot and say, ah, I'm hearing one noise at the back tire. <laughs> you, know you know, that's how my mind works. And I've done that for years. It doesn't matter the news. I don't go into details. I don't check the images. It's just my personal covenant regarding that sector of the aviation. That's me. Now, you can choose that in many things. There are films I don't watch. No, I don't watch horror films. It doesn't matter how well it is presented, how the thriller is. Once it is, forget it. Even when I'm 50, I will not attempt to watch. Because I know how my mind works. I'm just giving you other examples that are not, so it won't look like we're just talking about things that are related. There are things you tell yourself, no. I don't listen to negative news. Why? Very common now with my eyes. There are things I will not look at. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on. Are you still here? Yes. Say amen if you're here. Amen. All right. Number four, sleep. Sleep. Proverbs 6 verse 10. Yet a little sleep and a little slumber and a little folding of hands. Your poverty will come like an abman. Mm. Proverbs 6 verse 10. And Proverbs 24, verse 33. A little sleep, little slumber. Sleeping as if you're, you're preparing for an Olympic sleeping competition. You know, some people, some people sleep so hard that like when you wake them, it takes them 30 minutes to realize where they are. Wake them on this side of the bed, then they move to this side. Then you wake them on this side, they move to this side. So for you to successfully wake them, you have to push something and push something and wake them, bring them to the middle and pour water on the bed. And then for the first 20 minutes, they are lost. Control your sleep. Don't destroy your life. Some people don't have work and they are sleeping. Go out there. Look for something to do. Control your sleep. Rest. You should rest when you need to rest. But you cannot oversleep. Have self-control where sleep is concerned. Are you following what I'm saying? If you leave your body, it will sleep all through. And I've, I don't know if you have realized it. Well, some of you will never realize. But for, have some of you realized that when you oversleep, it's almost like you are now becoming sick. And some people say, lie. I, have not, I, have not, I can't sleep for 24 hours. I have not, I have not had that experience. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? Control your sleep. Are you following what I'm saying? Maxi you know, I'm grateful for some of the messages we listened to growing up. They taught us to maximize the nine seasons. Off the TV two hours before and get something done. Get a book done, uh, read. Get something into your, you, it's your life. Pour some seeds into it. Increase certain values. Don't sleep away. Praise the name of the Lord. Next one is food. Food. In Proverbs 23 verse 1, the heavy drinker and the glutton is compared, they are in the same, same passage. Proverbs 23 verse 1. The heavy drinker and the gluten will come to poverty. So a man who drinks heavily and a gluten, who is always eating and always eating and always eating and always eating, 
will end up in the same spot. Let's go to Deuteronomy 21, verse 20. Deuteronomy 21, verse 20. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you still here? Praise God. All right. Am I right? No, I think I got my scripture. Okay. Wait, wait. Get, put it back for me. Let me see that. They shall say to the elders, okay, yeah, sorry. They shall say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He's prodigate and a drunkard. Now, that word there, do you, do you have the, uh, give me the New King James. Let me see. Twenty-one twenty. Okay. Right, so that word that the NIV used, I don't know what they used there. And they shall say to the elders of the city, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a gluten and a drunkard. So you see, being a gluten and a drunkard is put in the same place, food. And look at the description. Son is rebellious. He took this boy to the city elders. He's eating too much. That's why they came to report him to the city elders. Imagine your, your father taking you to the king and say, why did you bring him here? He says, he's a gluten and a drunkard. Control food. Don't just live to eat. Learn to fast. Learn to eat right. One of the scriptures... Well, <laughs> I think sometimes also when you're growing up my years of school, this, I, I hardly take breakfast. Well, I, they've told me the health benefits of breakfast and all that. But this is one of the scriptures in those days of our very zealous approach to scriptures. We didn't want to fulfill this scripture. Ecclesiastes 10, 16. Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child and thy princes eat in the morning. <laughs> and I know, you can't get up in the morning and start with food. Say, woe to you. Woe. Woe is curse. It's not a nice word. It says, what's to you, O land? When your king is a child, is a baby, and your princes feast in the morning, that's when they get up, it's eating. And for some of us, it is the self-control over junk food. One bottle of Coke every day. One bottle of Coke. I just like Coke. I just like Coke. There's, there's a way, there's a way I just like Coke. I just like Sprite. Those things are seeds. I just sowing. And there's a harvest. Praise God. Let me tell you, you know how sometimes how these things are? I mean, of course, you know, I'm not going to preach hell to you. I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying discipline yourself according to scriptures. But you know how these things are? Just tell yourself one day that this month I'm not going to drink Coke. Just tell you. Nothing against Coke. You know, this is an example so that you don't come and send me emails that I don't have answers for. Um, tell yourself you are not drinking Coke this month and see how your body will react. And God, God is so wonderful. Life is so funny. That month, every of your friends will have birthday. You just be seeing Coke, 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 Coke. That's when you know that. Do I have the ability? And you know, we, here we have emotional. Ah, you can't come and not drink anything. You can't go. Give me water. No, take Coke. <laughs> what am I trying to say? There are things you shouldn't put in your body. Your body is a temple of the living God. You have a long life to live. God wants to bless you. God wants you healthy. Praise God. 
you don't want to get to an age in your life where you're supposed to retire and relax and you now have all the wealth. They now say you can't eat this, you can't eat that, you can't eat this. And before you know, they just say you can eat only black plantain. <laughs> now you have money to buy turkey, you can't eat. Fat is too much. You have money to buy goat's meat, they say you can't eat. So what's the essence of that? If I can't eat, then nobody in this house is eating anything. Are you following what I'm saying? So some things that you call enjoyment, you're sowing a seed of destruction in your future. So you must discipline yourself. So you eat with your destiny in mind. Like this thing I'm eating, will it contribute to my destiny in the years to come? Or by the time I'm now there, you realize that your body is too weak to sustain the purposes of God for your life. Are you following what I'm saying? Or you eat it until you become a pot-bellied preacher and then nobody can so suit into your life. Because the suit never buttons. And you're just wearing Agbada everywhere. Everybody appear corporate. You appear, you say, this is corporate Agbada. <laughs> okay. Let's go down. Let's go down. Let's go down. Words. 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 Psalm, Psalm 141 verse 3. Words. Words. Psalm 141 verse 3. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Set a guard. Set a guard. Keep watch over my mind. Don't say things. It's not everything in your heart you should say. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Sometimes control the things you say. Praise God. Self-control over words. Marriages are built up by words. They are destroyed by words. Friendships, organizations, churches, everywhere is destroyed by words and also built up by words. How am I communicating this message to you? By words. So set a guard over your mouth. Don't say it like you feel it. Praise the name of the Lord. Lastly, Psalm 1 verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of discomfort. There is a place for you not to sit. There is a place for you not to stand. There is a place for you not to walk. Control your body. You can't sit in every discussion. When they are discussing certain things, just say, this matter is too high for me. And walk away. You can't sit everywhere. It's not every, it's self-control not to partake in every discussion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Who is the person who gossip? It's a man who doesn't have control over his mouth. All of us seated here, we have information about people that, well, probably we shouldn't have. But some people choose. You know, when, when, when um, the angel came to Mary, what happened? After the whole process, Scripture says he kept these things in her heart. That's awesome. You know what some of us? Angel appear. You are going to give birth to a savior. This is Angel Michael from the presence of the Lord. What is Facebook waiting for? Why are they asking you? Angel appear things. Watch this space. <laughs> there is a hashtag angel appear. Hashtag I'm pregnant. Hashtag baby boom. Hashtag what does that? What's that thing you do for babies? Save. Uh, look at them. Look at my church people. Hashtag savior of the world. Hashtag mockers. Watch out. <laughs> Keep a watch over your heart. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't talk too much. Don't even tell people you will be successful. Just be successful. And when you are successful, we will know. All right? There's a difference between faith confession and foolish declaration. Know the difference. Don't just talk. 
For some of you, if you go to your social media page, we know everything going in your life. Because that's your diary. We all were at that stage. And at a stage, we heard a message like this and chose to live right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We receive wisdom and instruction this evening in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.